Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield. I am on bottom here this evening for those of you watching on YouTube. And we are getting ready for another fantastic show with the triumphant trifecta. We've got Michael Airbud Beck coming in up there, deputy Air editor. Bud Beck. How's it going, Michael? Oh, I was doing a whole lot better before that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I, I really couldn't help myself. You know, you, you're going to bust out Air Bud as a sports movie. You're going to hear about it for a while. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that that was uh, that's going to plague you. Yes, Dang it. and uh, of course it is. But other than that, you. You good after, or how you feeling after your big bad Canada Day celebration yesterday? You cool. uh, doing you know, well? Uh, yeah, feeling fine. Uh, yesterday uh, there was really nothing going on, so uh, just a normal day. Worked yesterday, even though it was a holiday. Worked it again today, so yeah, not, nothing's different. Feeling great, to be honest with you. <laughs> there you go. And one Brian Anthony Davis, podcast director at Behind the Steel Curtain. How's it going this evening? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's July. 2020 is halfway over. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, I'm I'm feeling no. I'm feeling fantastic. It's uh, the start of a long weekend for me, and I don't work tomorrow, so I'm feeling I'm just feeling refreshed and ready to go. You called us the uh, the triumphant trifecta, but I'm going to help you all out with with a name for us. So I'll just put a lid on. And we could be the hat trick. <laughs> That's a good one. I so, like that one. The, the hat trick. Hey, and real quick. No, no, no. You can't put a hat. You can't put a hat on. You can't cover up that glorious hair. Oh, you I can't mean, do it. This naturally curly mane of glory. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we can't do that. Um, Dave, do you know Michael Beck was telling me earlier who his favorite stealer is? Do you know who that is? Current or ever? Current Steeler, yeah. Current. Is, I assume it's Chase Claypool. No, actually, it's Air Bud Dupree. Air oh, Bud my Dupree. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to live that down. <laughs> Not at all. I didn't. Oh, boy, yeah. that, that wasn't a dad joke there or anything. <laughs> oh, I'm full of dad jokes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I had a bad one today with uh, with Jeffrey Benedict. It was. Uh, it was he. He was. Uh, we were talking about um, breaking down Zach Banner versus Chuksakorafor, and I said, "Yeah, Kevin's going to be tackling that question here shortly." You know, <laughs> and he's like, "That's just that's just bad." <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, see, my, Michael's probably used to hearing these jokes. Before you know it, you'll be making these terrible jokes. So uh, uh -oh. <laughs> let's uh, let, let, let's get to it, guys. Um, I'm going to be off the podcast airways here uh, next week as I'm going to be spending some time with my brother. Um, we are going to be uh, getting away and staying away from everybody else. <laughs> if I'm you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just worried about this whole thing because I have these bad visions of – Big Brosco in a banana hammock, and it really, it really terrifies <laughs> nope. me. That, that's the wrong member of my family, and no, it's not me either. Um, so, but I'm not, I'm not sharing that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're it, it's going to be. I, I'll, I'll still be supplying the written word to the website, but uh, uh, we've learned that when you go on location, it we were really 
uh, Michael, you don't understand how good you had it that you were actually able to do the Zach Banner interview because when we've had on-location experiences, not always the best. I tried Ooh. one this spring. It was okay. I tried to do two different shows. One of them was good. The next one, yeah, it just died. So you know, it did go well, except for the shop owner who started like waving at me to like get, get out of there at near the end. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. I was kind of loud. Your I, time I, has expired. Your time, your time has expired. So yeah. it's funny because I, I felt bad that we're like, we should let Michael talk more. I'm like, I don't know if he can. So we're, <laughs> we're doing good. We're doing good. So hey, let's dive into some stuff. We're basically talking about a lot of the Steelers news as our topic. So we'll get to those topics at the end of the news. Uh, one thing I'm going to bring up, it's funny because uh, Lance Williams shot us this text today, although the news was from yesterday, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, we found out that former head coach Bill Cower uh, did have and get over the coronavirus earlier this spring. He did not get tested at the time. He was just tested recently for the antibodies, which said that he had it. So he had it. He's through it. He's over with it. Now everyone's asking his opinions about everything with it. So that's a bit of news. Anything we need to really say about that other than to at least acknowledge that, hey, we're happy that Coach Cower, that, that, that you recovered and everything's well and dandy? Well, you know, when it comes to Bill Cower, for me, I rank him up in toughness where everybody else ranks Chuck Norris. So I think Bill Cower, <laughs> Bill Cower is my Chuck Norris. You know, like, uh, you know, monsters look under their bed at night for Bill Cower. For Bill you Cower. know, I mean, that, that's how tough the chin man is. And I used to always joke that, could you imagine going to uh, on your first date with one of Cower's daughters? Cause he had three young ladies in that house with a chin just jutting out. So Bill Cower, he handled Corona. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was nothing. That was just like a sneeze to Bill Cowher. Yeah. He might have got over the coronavirus, but I'm not sure the coronavirus has gotten over Bill Cowher yet. Well, <laughs> exactly. That's what we have to see. So, uh, oh, any thoughts on that, Michael? Jokes, baby. The dad jokes are here. <laughs> no, I, th I think you hit it all. I think you got it all. All right. So, so there's one thing. I ran an article today because what do you know? I got into a little bit of a discussion on Twitter with one Michael Beck about. Um, he, he wanted to bring up the numbers that uh, one certain quarterback who recently signed with that team up north uh, got for his contract. And I also wanted to point out, he's like, and, and that was the team that had the least amount of salary cap. I said, but you can take that type of salary going to a team that you know you're competing for and should very well get the starting job. You don't take that salary in a place like Pittsburgh where you're only there in case their future Hall of Fame quarterback has an injury. There's a difference. You don't sign the same contract. That's not what you're looking for. You can take the kind of contract you did there. But one thing that you did mention is, is it was very inexpensive to start. But the other thing that I also mentioned that, yes, the Patriots have, I had to say them, you know, had less cap space than the Steelers, but they've also signed every single one of their draft picks. The Steelers have signed none. Last year, the last draft pick was signed was Justin Lane, and he was signed right at the end of March. Everyone was done by the end of March. So the Steelers, here we are July, zero draft pick signed. But it's exactly, I said March, I meant May, wrong, wrong. <laughs> March. How can they be signed in March when it's the like, draft's in April? 
man, that 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 that's a pretty that's that is some Kevin Colbert magic right there. Yeah, because I believe you were complaining about the draft choice on the third round uh, in April. I'm thinking of the free agent signed in March. It was yes, they were. It was a, <laughs> I think it was like May 30th, right around whenever uh, Justin Lane signed. But here we are in July and no draft pick signed. I'm like, oh no, this is a big deal. But they're one of 15 teams that has not signed a single draft pick from this draft. So let's start with Michael. What what are your thoughts on not just the Steelers, but everybody, you know, kind of, is it, are they waiting to see to how things are going to work out? Or is it just that they haven't been able to get it done because of the team offices and various things and people not being able to come in and things like that? Well, what do you think? Well, I bet you these deals are done. Like where the picks are, the the numbers are kind of already set in stone, right? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like they're basically done. It just boils down to a physical. Like that, that's got to be the only thing. Like a in person doctor physical. I'm sure it's probably a little bit more for rookies. That more intensive sort of physical stuff that they got to do. I'm sure they've done a ton of it in the combine and whatnot. But that first contract is probably pretty pretty important for them to. Uh, actually get that done so i'm sure the deals are done they just got to get to the facility to actually sign the papers and go through all this the the motions of becoming an official nfl player bad your thoughts 33 years ago on american top 40 his debut single richard marks i'm talking about was a number three hit called don't mean nothing and this means nothing guys i mean look you know we're going to look back on 2020 and we're going to call 2020 the aberration you know i mean this is this is the weird year i hope this is the weird year let's just put it that way i mean of course we know this but, but you know so every, everything that's going on now if they were one team and 31 other teams had their guys signed then you're like what's going on yeah. But no, I mean th- this is this is one of those things. It's just next check, please. Well, there's several things you have to think about here. One, are they having these are new contracts? Are they having to put in provisions about what happens if there's a reduced season? What happens if there's no season and things of that sort? That's a lot of different things in these contracts that. If I was agents and everything, I'd be I'd be trying to lock up that these guys are going to get paid no matter what. And yeah. if I was the Steelers, and that's the case, and a lot of these other NFL teams, I see why they're waiting as they're trying to see how other things are going. So it could just it could be more than just that. Well, the agents and and the front office haven't been able to actually get together to work it out. There's a few things with ever. I mean, the money set it's in how it's distributed and all that other thing. So. The question is, is there more to it than, than just, oh, we haven't got around to it because we can't. Could they, could it be they're just like there's they've been taking they've been taking a wait and see mode for so many different things. They've done it with the seat, you know, with with the with training camps, with the preseason, which we'll get into with the regular season. They're waiting and seeing. I think they're kind of getting into to the same thing there. So I think we should dive into the topic because that's basically. Uh, we have two two bits of information to talk about here with, with tonight's show, with the main one being the preseason cut down two games at Snip. most. Now I don't know because I only I only got the first half of your guys' show last night. I know Lance had it backwards at first. I don't know if you ever got straightened out. It was week one and week four that are cut. Yes, they are not the ones that are happening. Those are the games that are cut. So no Panthers. 
First time in what yeah. 17 years, I think it is. No, no Panthers, no Tom Brady's first game being at Heinz Field in the preseason. So that's like I, I wish they would have got the second and third and kept the one and four because that would have been nice. Well, but go ahead. Well, not like be, he was going to play, but there's gonna be no Tom Brady. Yeah, if you want to see Tom Brady and Gronk in a hoodie in a sweatshirt, <laughs> hanging out, yeah. joking around on the sidelines. You know, um, th- that's what you're going to see. Brian, we, we work for a Steelers website. <laughs> it's a story. It had been a story. I mean, come on. It's like, um, hey, did you see how far Gronk spent that sunflower <laughs> seed? That I mean, was epic. He's it, back. Even if it was just watching them warm up. And then they even, then they get into their street clothes at halftime or something like that. I wouldn't have been shocked if Brady would have played a series. I wouldn't have been. I really wasn't. But, um. But that's the games that were cut. They cut one and four. So the Steelers right now, are they are scheduled to host the New Orleans Saints and then travel to the New York Jets, which is funny because they'll be at New York for their last preseason game and then at New York for their first regular season game as things stand now. But the other report is there might not, they might even cut it down to one or zero preseason games. Michael. You saw that report earlier. You, I know you you pointed it out that, uh, last night, I think it was. What's your thoughts on the preseason? Whoo, it's big. Uh, like if they don't play any preseason, I, I think what it kind of boils down to is just kind of the same guys last year will be carried over just because we can't see those undrafted guys, those kind of fringe free agents that are kind of brought in at the end of the, at the end of the regular season, those guys aren't even going to have a shot at making this team. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I think, uh, I think because of it, we're going to see a lot of sloppy football and like from weeks one to four, probably, especially teams that don't have a lot of experience or a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Those rookies are going to struggle. I I almost guarantee you Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter in Miami, even if Tua was healthy. It's just not happening. And then when you look at Cincinnati, I'd hate to throw Joe Burrow out there with uh, with, with no practice, no experience. Just kill your rookie quarterback. There's no point in that. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see some teams that are, uh, I guess you could project to be near the bottom. I think you're going to see them really fall hard, and the teams closer to the top are probably going to surge and do even better than expected. Yeah, so you dive dove right into it, which is what I was going to say to Brian. How does this and the 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 cut in preseason and to maybe none at all? How does this affect the Steelers versus their? early season opponents or just the NFL in general. Well, let's let's take a look at teams like the Steelers, the Los Angeles Rams, the uh Colts. They did not have first round draft picks. Three other teams didn't have first round draft picks as well. But now, if you're the Colts, you've DeForest Buckner. If you have if you are the Rams, you've Jalen Ramsey and the Steelers of course have Minka Fitzpatrick as their first round draft pick. And, and we, 14 games under his belt with them. And 14 games under his belt. <laughs> same with Jalen, the same with the Forrest Buckner. You know, so when you're looking at something like that, that's your first round draft pick doesn't have to get acclimated. And everybody still thinks of Chase Claypool as their number one pick, which it was their top pick in the draft, but he was still a second round pick. And it doesn't matter what rookie you are. And to Michael's point, you know, it's going to take a lot more for those guys to get acclimated. But if you're a top draft pick, 
you might be making your debut maybe around week four, five, or six instead of right away because you have less time with, especially, you know, you need to get acclimated with Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben needs that time for you in camp. It might hurt a guy like Eric Ebron just for the fact that they need to be a cohesive unit, but they're going to have plenty of time in practice throwing to each other. So that should be fine. But preseason games, you're going to see less veterans. Um, and this year, you're going to see less veterans just for the fact that you don't need to see them. You need to see the guys that need to fight to make the roster. Now that they're 75, getting down to probably 55, because if you're smart, you're going to take advantage of those two extra spots. So those 20 guys and let's say 20, 25 guys are fighting it out for those spots. You, you know, those are the guys that are going to probably be without hats on game day as well, Dave. Yeah, and you brought up, which was going to be the next thing we rolled into, is that there's a report that they might that teams might not be bringing as many players to training camp, that it might not be a 90-man roster. It could be an 80 or even 75-man roster. Unofficial, you know, these are reports. Was it, Michael, was it, was it Schefter, Adam Schefter that, that did that one? That's correct. Yeah, Schefter uh, retweeted that uh, earlier today. Yeah, that that's that's a possibility. Nothing nothing official, and that's what they say. It it really it really stinks if you are one of those guys that was an undrafted guy trying to catch on on a team, and it's 2020. You are at a major disadvantage. I mean, so I I think those players are at a much more of a disadvantage than the 2011 players that didn't. Those rookies, Cam Hayward being one of them, that didn't even get into camp until August or anything, not even a playbook. But the, the drafted guys, I think, have it better than the 2011. But those undrafted guys trying to make the roster, that's a whole different story. Michael, what do you think? You know who has a disadvantage here? The guy who's writing a 90-part series on everyone <laughs> on this roster. I was thinking of that before we went on. I'm like, oh, hopefully it's the, you know, if you're going to cut 15 guys. Hopefully it's the know, last 45 them, in there. Yeah. 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 It, it, the it, just I, I remember that conversation. Hey, Dave, it's Michael. Holy smokes. I don't have to think of anything for the next 90 days. I'm just going to write about players. Yeah. Hey, it's, I, you know, what? they're doing well. They're new. Bro, yeah, Uni. It's good. And... Ooh. Ooh. Is he taking a shot? Ooh, taking uh, a shot. No, I love it. No, it's no. Michael back. The thing is, is Brian's, it was a countdown and the thing, and he started with 25. So now he's down to, he, we're getting to the top 10. The top 10 is kicking off and Brian's uh, uh, top uniform numbers. Remember that multiple players, multiple notable players wore. That's the key to that one. So we're going to be changing up a little bit with those when they're coming out because we're going to be highlighting them a little bit more because now is when they really count when you're getting into the top 10. So, man, now that you guys are taking shots at each other, I, oh, I like it. it. I love it. This is what this needs to be a little bit more. But this is going to be interesting with the Steelers. Now, Brian, I, I've got to correct you because a lot of people keep saying this. It is not a 55-man roster. Okay. It is not a 55-man roster. A lot of people keep saying that. It is not. They have to get down to 53. But it's a 12-man practice squad. So what it That's is, correct. is it, it's it's instead of, it's not 55 plus 10, it's 53 plus 12. And four games, two of those guys, 
from the practice squad can get bumped up to the main squad and put back on the practice squad on Monday without being exposed to waivers. That can happen up to two times unless they adjust that because of everything going on. Cause I could see how, how they could. So that's well, just to clarify. So they got to get to 53. So those other guys are going to be exposed to the waiver wire in order to be signed on the practice squad to start. So you're talking 65. If the Steelers are only bringing 75 guys to camp, you're only talking about 10 guys that aren't going yeah. to be with the team, yeah. assuming that all their practice squad comes from their training camp. And if there's no preseason, it's got to. It, I mean, it's it's. It, you're talking. You got to have at least 10, uh, 10 of your 12. If you want to take a flyer on a couple guys, that's one thing. But you, you're really going to have to do that. Um, either one of you, what do you think they cut it down to 75? Do you think they go 80? How's this going to work? You know, I think it'd be smart personally. Like what's the point on like, you you know, a a ton of these guys are going to get cut anyway. And they only, what do I think they only do one round of cuts anymore. So you kind of just like prevent the inevitable, I I suppose. And just like, sorry guys, you better luck next year, I guess. Maybe, maybe in 2021, they bring more guys to camp just to give them a shot. But Mm -hmm. what's the point? Why risk it even further? Yeah. Brian, you know, my thing on this is, you know, now with only 10 guys having an opportunity to get cut, um, there's going to be a lot of movement on that practice squad uh, the day, uh, like Labor Day weekend or whenever cut down. It's not Labor Day weekend, but whenever cut down day is. So what's going to happen is I remember in years past, the Steelers would have a and I'm talking five or six years ago, the Steelers would have an entire practice squad with nobody that was in camp. The yeah. things would move around yeah. that much. And you might see something like that as well, too, with some movement, because there's going to be a lot of guys out there. There will be there will be moves in camp. A guy get cut and another guy brought back in in the middle of camp, too. Um, because there mm-hmm. are guys out there that that uh, will be available. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up one question real quick, because this is something that I've been pondering and wanting to put in an article, but I, I've, I've really just been thinking about it more where vodka drinker says um, what's been put in place of say 10 players test positive on a Friday. See that they're going to have to come up with a special designation of things, which is going to be super tricky because you're not supposed to say like we already know two Steelers tested positive earlier this spring, they recovered, everything's fine. We don't know who they are. They're not supposed to say who they are, but obviously if they can't play and they need to have a, you know, I think they need to have a special injury designation so you can have more guys on the roster, but these guys can come back once they're, once they're cleared. Um, that's going to be a whole big issue that they're going to have. The NFL is going to have to try to figure out. So that's, that's a, a different thing. Um, I about getting back to the, to the preseason, I'm I'm leaning more towards even if they cut the whole thing, I'm not going to be torn up about it because think think about it this way. You, you, you don't want to see your players get hurt in the preseason anyway. So it stinks for the end of the roster, guys. It stinks from guys 45 and beyond because that's their key. What you know who, who it really stinks for if they cut it down to 75 guys? Guy number 76. You know, it really does. Now, the, the, like like you say, there's a chance that guys might only they might only get a day or two, and if they're not, if, if the Steelers don't like what they see, you got a couple bad reps. Boom, next guy in. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what they're going to have to do, like Brian was mentioning. So that I think this plays well for the Steelers because they don't – it's twofold. One, they generally don't like to play Ben Roethlisberger during the preseason anyway. Yes, he's coming off of injury this year, so that makes it a completely different preseason than years past. So you don't know if they were going to want to play him more to, to get back into things, but you might not have to worry about it. You might not have to worry about it if there's no preseason games. That's one. Two, this is my question to you guys, because I know my answer. When it comes to no pre, no or reduced preseason, who benefits more, the offense or the defense? Let's start with Michael. I think this defense. <laughs> I think the defense is is more kind of veteran based, more kind of experience, and even the young guys are kind of more veteran like players, and just the way they carry themselves and the way they play. So I think the offense is probably going to struggle a little bit more. This receiving core is ridiculously young. I don't is anyone older than twenty four outside of that top four receivers. I, I don't I don't think so. I think Juju's yeah. twenty three. I think Deontay's also twenty three. Claypool 21, 22. Switzer. And then, uh, Switzer's not in the top four, though. <laughs> and he's I, I still pretty young. Yeah. That's I mean, true. he's still on a, on a quote unquote rookie deal. So, right. So yeah. they're super young. They didn't have Ben a year ago. And Deontay basically went a year without Ben. So that's two of their top four receivers. I haven't had a lot of experience with them. James Washington didn't play all that much as a rookie. He was kind of in that like almost Deion Kane type role back in 2018. So, well, he, he got more stats than that, but now, he, now, he didn't play. I think he got more snaps. He just didn't get as many targets, if you know exactly. what I mean. Exactly. So yeah. they, they just don't have that kind of repertoire with one another. So I think uh, I think this offense is probably going to struggle a little bit out of the gate until Ben kind of gets comfortable with some people. Who knows? Maybe Juju's numbers take off because they know one another. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Maybe Ryan Switzer is this leading, the team's leading receiver after week four. And boy, Steelers fans would love that. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that goes. 25-year-old Ryan oh. Switzer, by the way. I so, Brian, clarify that. Who, who benefits more with no preseason? The offense, not, not just Steelers, in general, the offense or the defense? The defense. Yes. An offense, every every offense has changes. Every roster has changes in in the landscape of 2020 or the just the, the last 10, 15 years because of free agencies. A free agency. There are so many new players that you know, brought in. Look at a team like Tampa. Tampa needs to. I don't care if you have Brady and Gronk. You still have to have a cohesive unit. Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh needs to needs reps because he's back. Now, is is it the practice reps that he's going to be getting? How many? Even if it wasn't COVID, how many? reps would have he been getting anyways because the Steelers don't play him that much in preseason which I always complain about I always think they should play him a little bit more but then you run that risk yeah. so you know the the offense an offense really has to get on the same page more than a defense a defense yeah. does not have to be on the same page as quickly yeah and it's funny because you mentioned with Ben Roethlisberger on a side little note what if a report would have come out that Ben actually hurt his elbow in, the, in his one preseason game and he just finished it off in week two? How much, how would we feel about seeing Ben in preseason in the future? You know what I mean? It, so it, it all has to come from perspective. Personally, I think the advantage is to the defense. As long as they've got their communication down, 
you know, you don't have to make it a complex defense. You could even make it more simple as long as your communication's good. And I think that's where the advantage lies. I also think that is the strength of the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. So once again, it plays in their favor if there's with the reduced or no preseason because they're not playing, they're they're not banking on their rookies and their strength is their defense is one other thing. Um, I wanted to bring up something else from the live chat. This is from actually one of the contributors of behind the steel curtain. I think he has an article that should be out uh, tomorrow. Um, I, but except I can never say Maddie's name, right? Um, how, help me with the last name. Peverell. Is it Peverell or Peverell? Uh, Michael, I'll go with what you said. We'll, we'll, we'll Canadaize it, saying it's it's Australian. So, big question for me is how will our O line work with no preseason, especially with Filer confirmed at guard? Will Tomlin and company need to move him back to right tackle and put Wisniewski at left guard? The problem is not Filer at guard. The problem is not Filer at guard when it comes to familiarity. The prob the 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 question is the other spots, and that's what the Steelers are banking on. They're banking on going with two guys that have both been been with the Steelers two years over the veteran who's been in the NFL a long time but has not played with the Steelers. That's what they're going to start. They could find out that the veteran that's been here much longer pays off more. Ryan, agree? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm I'm really not that concerned about two guys that have been with the team for three years vying for a starting starting spot because they've been here the fact that they have been in the organization and like zach banner said the other day in our interview he said yeah this is not really news to us this is news to you guys we knew this was going to happen i'm just surprised that coach t put it out there i mean so they have been preparing for this for a long time and you know they they have the playbooks they they know the system they've been in the system i don't worry about that that much either this is a team that that we pretty much knew who they were, and there's not much change to the uh, the starting 22. There's not much change whatsoever. So for teams that don't have a lot of turnover as far as the starting 22, you're looking at a team better equipped to handle less preseason games. You know what? I think at that tackle spot as well, I, I am very confident, especially in Zach Banner. You, you got to remember, he was a fourth-round pick still. He had that talent. He was an All-American. His problem was he he just kept gaining weight, and the Colts were like, listen, you got to get this under control. He couldn't. He got cut. He got up to 420 pounds, like he told us, on the Browns, so he got cut again. And then he ends up on the Steelers, and he's in the best shape, I'd say, of his life. We see the pictures. He's looking pretty good. I think he's someone that could step in and really raise some eyebrows. Who knows if it extends past 2020? Because he might be a beast. That's what we got to look out for. Yeah, and here's another thing. Because, of course, Lance is like, you got to start with. Do you realize the last season Stefan Wisniewski started 16 games was in Jacksonville in 2015? That's not been what he's been called to do later in his career. He did start 11 games um, for Philly in 2017, but other than that, it's been single-digit starts. He only had two regular season starts last year in Kansas City before the playoffs. So honestly, I, don't, I think with the reduced salary and everything, I think the Steelers and his age, the Steelers were bringing him in to not play every snap in 16 games, that they want him to be there, that they know they have a guy that can slide in no matter what. And with, they can just get it anywhere on the inside. Now, if he ends up being your best guy, go with him. 
you know, and it might be that he's ready before the other guys. I think they have so many options that I'm not super worried about the offensive line when it as much as it, it comes there because, and it's funny because that's really the only change in the offense. So yeah, it is Dave. And, but here's the, here's the thing about it. Um, and I'm, I'm reading Lance's comments in here about mm-hmm. Banner and Shooks and Filer. Remember two years ago when we found out Filer was going to be in there more he was taken over from Marcus Gilbert because Gilbert was hurt. And We're like, well, why this... are we playing a guard to tackle? Is what and, everyone was saying. And all this worry about Filer. And now you put a second round tender on him and yeah. you know, Filer's untouchable. You can't lose Filer. And now, I mean, if you said something about Filer now, it's like, no, 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 no. Filer, Filer's got to be there. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, they move, they move in guys all the time that that are understudies then come in to that starting role and do very well. And Matt Filer was definitely one of them. So why can't it happen again? Exactly. I mean, it's frankly, I, Michael, you played, you played offensive line in college. I did. I still don't know how that's possible. Yeah. How big of a deal do you think it is? to move to a different position on the offensive line. I'll start by saying I'll share a picture of uh, Big Fat Mikey but um, <laughs> after the show. But uh, to be honest with you, when I played at Simon Fraser, I played every single spot along that offense line. I played a snap at between left and right tackle. Um, it, it just kind of depends on the situation. And for some, I played center, so I, I called the O-line calls. I didn't know what everyone else was doing, depending on the front. So you know what? I think when it comes to offensive linemen, it, it's – it's easier than you'd think it, what it comes down to if someone's more comfortable kicking with their right leg and posting with their left or vice versa, then you might be more inclined to leave them on one side or the other. So I, I would say we saw videos of Chooks today on Instagram, I believe, him talking about his versatility, kick-stepping left, kick-stepping right. He can do it both. He can play both on both sides of the ball. So I, I think that's something the Steelers kind of expect from their own linemen, except for maybe a guy like David DeCastro. He's not getting moved. So I, I think if, unless you're locked in a spot, be prepared to move around. Yeah. I mean, I actually coached in a system um, when I, when I was coaching high school football that we didn't have a right guard and a right tackle and a left guard and a left tackle. We had a strong guard and a strong tackle and a weak guard and a weak tackle. We kept the same tackle next to the tight end and flipped them depending on the formation. So that, that it's just kind of how it was, um, because it, it, and I'm not. I mean, that obviously that's not the NFL, but it was nothing to to move offensive linemen around at that level. Um, I, you know, that's why I asked you about it from the college level. A lot of people that haven't played the position don't understand that. Yes, there are different things. Like it's the responsibilities you have to do at each one. Are they going to ask? Are they going to ask father to pull? That's the biggest thing. How is he, you know, if, if he's going to be pulling, where does he need to play? You know, but that's kind of just the, the Castro's thing at guard. The Steelers pull the center a lot because they have one that they can't. So that that's, we've kind of got off on the offensive line, but you're talking to two former linemen. So it's well, kind of whoa, what we whoa, have Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean two? What about oh, my career? Two, two and an eight. Two and you an eight. Said the American you were... Outfitter Eagles. No, you said you were a nose tackle. You didn't say I was a nose tackle, but I was also a messenger guard, <laughs> all a Chuck Knoll for the American Outfitter Eagles in the Richland Geistown Pee Wee Football League in 1983 and 84 at age 11 and 12. And I was wow. mediocre at best, but I was one. So don't 
you know, just because you guys have better experience than I do. Hey, there's a lot of knowledge in that noodle. There you go. Well, I, I think we're kind of diving into a few of these topics <laughs> that you know, I, I'm just ignoring you, Brian. Um, I, that, that I think we ultimately should ask this final question. And that is we're, we're bringing up areas of concern. So the biggest areas of concern with the Steelers, if they're with a limited or possibly no preseason, we've talked about the offensive line because you're talking about, you know, a lot of people are chalking that up as two different positions, you know, let's call it one and a half, you know, because you're with Filer. So that's a concern. What we, Eric Ebron, which one of you mentioned Ebron? I can't remember. I did, but I, okay. I'm not that concerned, but he's yeah. new. Well, and the thing is, he doesn't have to be your first tight end right off the bat either, because you still have Vance McDonald as long as he's healthy. So that's it. Let's stick to offense first. What else do you think would be affected the most with no preseason? And of course, we already mentioned the return of one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. So you can even go in depth in that, or if you think there's something else. Brian, you look like you're ready to pounce on this. You know what? The the one guy that we didn't mention that is also probably going to be a starter and new to the offense is Derek Watt, but I'm not worried about Watt, and I'm not worried about Ebron. Yeah. I'm not worried about either of these guys because they've already, you know, that playbook's been FedEx to them a long time ago, and it's just getting on the same page. Just like Watt has to get on the same page with his offensive line and with his uh, stable of running backs as well. You know, I'm also with his quarterback because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, there's there's some things to look at as far as, you know, the offense and things they've got to work on. But I think the whole gist of this entire show is that the Steelers might have less to have to hammer out than other teams going into the season. The Their team, their season hinges on health and getting guys back into the fold and getting some guys acclimated, but not too many. Michael, offense, other than offensive line, biggest concern with limited preseason? Uh, I would say it's kind of that uh, that relationship with Big Ben. The guys that haven't run, run routes with them, that's kind of what it's going to boil down to, that timing. Those out routes, I, I wouldn't be throwing them. I feel like those are going to be balls that end up being intercepted because they're just that timing isn't there. I feel like the route tree is going to be simple, and I, I'm a little more hesitant to be throwing some some of the routes on the route tree just because of that uh, lack of experience. Before we dive into the defense, we have $5 into the tip jar from Dave Shipley, who says, biggest concern is the salary cap. Not sure what you're talking about with 2020 because the Steelers are fine. They have enough to sign their rookies. They have enough to, of, to, to roll into the season with. If that salary cap is dealing with 2021, Let's actually have a 2020 season first and see what the Steelers can do before we, but before that's our, our biggest concern. What, any thoughts from you guys? Cap space is a myth. You can work mm-hmm. your way around it mm-hmm. in multiple ways. Bad. You know what? That gets, remember, Omar Khan is a genius. <laughs> and no matter what's thrown his way, they figure things out. Yeah, I, I I don't call the salary cap a myth. There is there's a lot you can do with it. It's just there's a lot you can do. But the, I mean, the Steelers have almost maxed out everything they can with it. Um, I just think it might be that there's not going to be anyone else signed before this season. Um, defense. 
Who, what, who, what, where, how is your biggest concern with the defense if there's no preseason? We'll start with Michael. Uh, I would say the the depth at safety and uh, middle linebacker. Lance and I kind of got in that a little bit last night. Um, it, it, it's just thin. It's really thin. If there's one injury, you're an injury injury away from your starting linebackers and possibly every down guys being Ulysses Gilbert and Vince Williams if Devin Bush gets hurt. And I think if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of teams start just picking over the middle crosser routes, and that could be an issue. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick goes down, then uh, Jordan Dangerfield, is he the next man up, or is it Marcus – Marcus Allen, where where do we even go there? And yeah. that's 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 another area of concern for me. There's there's just there's there's things missing, and they, they got to figure it out. Bad. You know, I I agree with Michael and Lance on that uh, when they were talking about uh, you know holes and and what to worry about. I'm a little. But remember, uh, this isn't holes. This is yeah holes, with, but with like limited preseason. Yeah, limited preseason yeah. concerns and getting those guys worked out. I want to see the outside linebackers, the especially Skipper, Highsmith, and Adeni. I need them to get work, mm-hmm. and I really because remember, I know we're talking about 2020, but Air Bud's probably not going to be there in uh, in 2021. And these guys, Michael Beck's going to, to the Steelers. Oh, sorry, <laughs> living the hey, dream. Hey, he's got more pedigree than me, so yeah, yeah. Here, here's this is it. the The thing that you miss from the preseason, the defense, is having a better understanding of your depth. You know exactly what you guys are saying. Is is the depth at inside linebacker a concern or not? Is the depth at safety a concern or not? You would have better answers from the preseason watching those other guys get playing time to see what else they have. Specifically, more inside linebacker. I think you would know, getting more getting more playing time from Ulysses Gilbert the third would have would have helped a lot to see those kind of things. But when it comes to actually getting out on the field, if all these guys are healthy, then that's not going to be the biggest issue in the world. I think the biggest issue is with a limited preseason is to get down the communication to make sure there's no breakdowns uh, on the defense, to make sure everyone's communicating well, to not give up a big play based on that. And I, other than that, I think they're good to go. I think the defense, I mean, the only player you lost for last year, other than, you know, you released Mark Barron because you wanted to have Devin Bush play more was, is Javon Hargrave. And you're going to have the veteran Alawalu starting off there their their defense is in pretty good shape if there's no preseason but that's my opinion anything else about this before we get a moving guys special teams or are, are, are we missing anything there? <laughs> honestly if they cut my per, i think that the steelers cut down where they're not having 90 guys in camp where they're told to have less i don't think you bring an extra long snapper i don't think you carry an extra punter i no. think you stay with those three i think if they cut down the preseason rosters Jordan Barry should should feel should breathe a sigh of relief because it's going to be less stress on him because I just don't see how they can carry those other players. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I feel like it, they should have already addressed that and possibly brought in some uh, veteran competition. It's not going to happen. Jordan Barry, you got yourself another year, bud. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> anything, Brian, anything else? No, I'm feeling like uh, special teams is in pretty good shape. And even Jordan Berry, I'm not that concerned about Jordan Berry, the way he started off the season last year. And uh, 
his uh his descent was maybe in the last uh quarter of the season uh yeah that it was it was the last quarter of the season i mean he was tied for the for the team lead in lost fumbles <laughs> when it's when that's your punter you know and the only reason that is because the Steelers had three different quarterbacks so guys you ready to roll into trivia yeah oh yeah you know what I haven't gone first for a while so I'm gonna go first um I did that article today about the Steelers not sounding any of their draft picks and they are not in the worst case especially since they only had six draft picks I saw that the Minnesota Vikings have not signed any of their 15 draft picks they had in 2020. 15. Did you realize they had 15 draft picks? They, they kept making trades. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Here's the question. When's the last time the Steelers had 15 picks or made 15 picks in the NFL drafts? Probably time when there's 15 rounds. <laughs> no, I, I could probably tell you this. Oh, I'll, well, I'll then, never no, be able that's, to guess. I had a feeling you might have a decent guess there, Brian. So maybe we should have Michael. Michael, you want to take a shot first? Oh, goodness. I, I feel like it probably hasn't been in my lifetime or at least in my fanhood. So before 2003, I guess, is when I could really understand what was going on. Um, I, my guess, I'll throw something out there. Let's say 97. What just a random year. Okay. All right, Brian, what do we got? This is why I'm going to go with 1989 and I might be wrong, but they had two number one draft picks in 1989. Um, Tom Ricketts and Tim Worley because of the Mike Merriweather trade. And that was, uh, they still had 12 draft picks back then. 89. I, I, I didn't get 89, an actual number right now. Cause it wasn't as high in 1992, 1983 and 1982. They had as many as 14 draft picks, hmm. but to get to 15 draft picks, vodka drinker had it in the live chat. It was the 1980 Ooh. draft where the Steelers in the first round selected Brian, Mark Malone, Mark Malone. And there were two other notable Steelers drafted in back-to-back -back picks in that draft in the fifth round and sixth round. Great locker room guys. Yep. Tunch and Wolf. Tunch mm. and Wolf were both Buddies. drafted in the 1980s, and, you know, because they do their show in the locker room. Uh, um, now it's in the living room. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't listened in a while. I haven't um, listened either. What colleges were they from? Um, ton or sorry. Um, do you know this? I, I can tell you yeah. this, Michael, unless you wanted to say, I, I, I don't know. I'm not Wolf sure. Was from Syracuse and Tunch was from Idaho Germany. state. <laughs> no, think of oh, Larry Idaho bird, state. Indiana state, Indiana state. It was Indiana state. I knew yeah. it was an I state. Not a lot of <laughs> NFL players from Indiana state. Yeah. So it, it, I, I was close there, but if you go back to the, to the merger, to the 1970 merger, the Steelers, most draft picks they made, was two different years in 76 and 71 they drafted 22 players good gravy just wow. sounds exhausting that's a lot of work for a gm <laughs> yes you're so. just picking dudes you're like i like this guy's yeah. name yeah <laughs> well, then, then you look at like mlb that does 50 rounds you know, all you got to do is, is is get your name out there, and you can get drafted. With yeah, I, one guy, one guy in MLB was like picked like number fifty something, just because it was a favor to uh, one of his buddies, one of Tommy Lasorda's buddies back in Philly, and it was Mike Piazza. 
that was just drafted as a favor because he uh he knew his uh italian grandfather or italian dad or something like that and the rest was history there you go all right eeny meeny miny mo we're gonna go age or beauty on this one who's who's going next oh that's both right here so i guess i'm next <laughs> no you're you don't have age on him brian's got the age oh, oh i thought you meant you like the old okay, guy okay, okay sure <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with Michael next. Since he's quite ballsy tonight with his comments. Uh, oh, Mr. APM is really cocky, isn't he? Yeah. Let, let, let's hear it, Air Bud. Oh, okay. Okay. E- easy there. When you hear this question, you'll be a li- Oh, I don't know about nicer because this is kind of mean. Yesterday was Canada Day. And uh, for some reason, some of the live chat wasn't too happy that we're talking about Canada. So I'm going to continue the Canada talk because I'm petty like that. There are currently 19 NFL players born in Canada. I'm just curious how many of you guys, uh, how many uh, of those guys that you can name? 19 currently. Well, and, and you can you can take the layup. No, I'm not going to take the layup. Layup. I just can't pronounce his name. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, Laverne, Laverne Tardif. Laurent Duvarnay Tardif. Yeah, okay. there, there's one. The and guard from the Chiefs. Crosser. A doctor also, isn't he? Yeah, that that, that is true. He is, yeah. I'm sure he'll probably not play a, a whole lot this year. That's going to be a bit of an issue, I would say. Why? Just working in a hospital. I feel like that oh. could be a, a bit of a bit of concern with the COVID and whatnot. I'm not quite too sure what uh, what his background exactly is, but that could be that could be a bit of an issue. I'm sure it's been a busy offseason, to say the least. Matt Canada. Matt Canada. Okay, I love that. Okay. I mean, did, were you counting Claypool? Yeah, I, I, of course. Okay. Yeah. So, we're, so we've got a couple of them. Uh, let's see how many how many kickers and punters you want to name there, Brian. There's only one kicker, <laughs> really, because um, uh, when you ran your, your, <laughs> your former Steelers, Claypool was the only non-kicker. Yeah, that's true. So, um. Ah, from Canada. Let's see. You know what? I don't. Are there any skill guys from <laughs> they're, Canada? They're they're mostly actually like big they're, names. They're, uh, big names. Uh, you know what? Someone bowlers. from the Patriots. There, uh, I think there is a Pro Bowl or two in here. Actually, th- there is uh, a Pro Bowl long snapper. Uh, I don't know if you'll get that. Uh, I'll throw yeah. out the team. Even Dallas. Mm. Uh, he's he's played almost tw- almost ten years I, now. All right. I'll, I'll throw you that one because uh, kind of hard. Uh, LP Ladossier. I don't know if uh, that that rings any bells, but uh, that, JC that, that has an hour. <laughs> A certain Patriots former first round pick is born in Toronto. Not too long ago. Um, I would have to care about who. Um. It's in the I'd live chat. There's a few in the live chat. I'm not. I wasn't cheating. I, I well, Luke wasn't. Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson. And I know no, that's that another? because of yeah. the hard knocks. Matty Peverell. Thanks. Mm. Wow. Um, this is a great question. <laughs> hmm. Robin Scherbowski. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she actually played in the NFL. Robin Scherbowski. Um, Alan Thick. Okay, so we got Chase Claypool. Um, He's the only. Wait, wait a second. The um last year's first round pick. There you go. Patriots. Um, Brian Guy and and Keel and Keel. Yeah, and Keel Harry. Keel Harry. Yes, he's from Toronto. That's okay. 
There's another one. So uh, I think uh, right now we are at four of the nineteen. Uh, okay. You, you, you <laughs> guys want you want any, any more goes here? Or should I, I, I should I rattle them off? Anything that that would have been the only name I would have known out of all of these, most likely. <laughs> uh, I I can rattle through them. It's funny because. Uh, NFL Canada always tweets about these guys, so I, I see these names a lot. But I don't know if you if you follow NFL Canada. We got uh, who Eli doesn't? Come on, follow on Twitter. What are you talking about? In fact, uh, we might trade you to NFL Canada. Is there, is that Canadian dollars not what? doing so. Well, I don't know if I leave. Help It's close. Okay, there you go. I, I can't even say it. So, um, sorry, that was the first time I brought anything up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Mean Joe, in the, in the comments there. Getting the two D tackles, uh, one one formerly from uh, Dallas, Christian Covington. Uh, yeah, he actually played in high school, uh, Tyrone Crawford as well. Um, going alphabetical order for the rest of them here, we got e- Eli Anku, uh, nose tackle for the Jags, Anthony Eau Claire, Tampa Bay tight end, Tavon Campbell, cornerback on the Chargers, uh, Covington and uh, Crawford already mentioned there. Neville Ga- Gallimore, I believe, is a third-round pick this year to Dallas. Uh, Liram Har- Harulaju, brutal last name. He is the kicker on the uh, on the Chargers. Rising John, practice squad, Giants, former teammate of mine. Uh, Brett Jones on the Vikings. TJ Jones of the Giants. Carter O'Donnell on the Colts. Austin Pats from the Titans. Nathan Shepard on the Jets. Another former teammate. And Brett Urban on the Titans, former Baltimore Raven. Thought you would have got that one. Which one? Brett oh. Urban. Brett Urban. Well, yeah. You know, Dave, uh, Seattle has two losses. Yes, that's um, very true. That Seattle definitely does have two two losses. So, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things that if you're not Canadian, you don't pay attention if they're Canadian. Yeah, yeah, no, those those guys get a lot of coverage and uh, not a whole lot of playing time. But, I mean, we do, but but we do, you know, have a have a we have a large international following here uh, behind the steel curtain. So there are. Tons of Aussie punters, I think. Tons of Aussie punters. And, you know, we have the Christian Scotland Williamson from across the pond and 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 things of that sort. Bad. You've got hey, to have You know, we had a very famous Canadian punter. Mitch Berger. Berger. I'm not talking Mitch Berger. Is this some sort of air bud joke? I don't know where we're no, going. No, 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 not, not at all. Come on, he collected Pez dispensers. He was on the fan. Um, he was a commentator for the fan, a very famous stealer for a long time. Josh Miller. He was Canadian? Josh Miller's Canadian. I, I didn't even know that. I in the article. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> you sure? I don't know about that. We'll see. All right, Matt. Give us your yes! shirt. We're out of time. All right. This this one's actually a pretty easy one. So, of all the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive players of the year, two of them came from the same college. Who are they? You said of defensive players of the year. The Actually, Steelers. I'm wrong about Josh Miller. <laughs> I thought he was Canadian. <laughs> was Unless you count New that. York. Oh, Eastern. <laughs> so southeastern Canada. Southeastern yeah. Canada. <laughs> All right, i i screwed i screwed up on that one. Um, Back to the question. So yeah, defensive players of the year from one college, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's see. Well, you know, back in this, 
in the seventies. I'm trying to remember who everyone played for. Because you, I, had... I wonder. I feel like it's Wisconsin. Uh, oh no, no, TJ was defense player of the year. I'm losing it. Only... <laughs> Should have been. Remember, that was my trivia the one time. The only two players that played significant time for the Steelers drafted out of Wisconsin, drafted out of Wisconsin, was Mike Webster and and that's uh, right and TJ Watt. So uh, I'm thinking, could it? I'm trying to think because you, you you've got you, you got was there more than one USC with Troy Polamalu? I don't think there was more than one with James Harrison. So you're probably talking. Let's see. Why can I not remember where Mel Blunt went to college? Because he was he was defensive player of the year, was he not? Because the Steelers had a stretch where they had like, where they had three consecutive defensive players of the year, and there were three different players back yeah. in the seventies. So, so hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Penn State. Oh goodness gracious! It rhymes, oh, and you rhymes. you hit the player. Oh, I hit. How about, the- how about Kent State? Kent. Oh, was Kent oh, State? That's right, because Harrison was Kent State, and so I was Jack know. Lambert. Yeah, and so was Lambert. Uh, how did I not get that one? Come on! Just like you didn't know, the other Mel Blunt was from Southern University, and Joe Green had two of them, and he was uh, from North Texas State. Yep. So was- I thought that was going to be a layup for you guys. Wow, I actually got you. I feel good. So. I was just, I thought maybe it went back from before the seventies that they had one sprinkled in there that, yeah, that, it, that I should have realized with Harrison that it was Kent State. Oh, that makes Lambert sense. in 76 Debo in 08. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's interesting because I've actually looked up all the Steelers, you know, defensive players of the year since the merger. That's the only reason why I was trying to remember, but that's, that was a very, very nice question there, Brian. Um, before we sit it out of here, anything else you guys want to want to throw out there for the good of the order? Do we want to tease the possibility of this weekend? It sounds like it's confirmed to me. So uh, we we even talked about it yesterday. So uh, I, I think uh, I think uh, if you if you want to uh, share the news this time, bad go, you can go for it. Well, we will have another current Steeler on the roster on the defense. We are going to be talking about talking to Jordan Dangerfield on Saturday. Right now it sounds like noon. Keep your eye on our uh, on our uh, little twi- Twitter verse there. We'll figure out the time and get it out to you as soon as we know for sure. Now now Jordan Dangerfield, he he went to college he um in in the free state. So bad. His alma mater is Kansas? I oh, I don't know. In our state. Oh, not the University of Maryland, Towson. 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 You went to Towson. Yes. I was just on that campus. It's a beautiful campus. Yes. So there you go. No one cares. So here we go. So this is what's coming. Lance should be on tomorrow night with Yeah, I said it. Then you're on Saturday. Is Tony still going to go if you guys do the show, or do you are you just going to wait and see how it goes? We are not going to have brunch with Tony. Tony's going. I'm. I figured Tony could enjoy his Independence Day, and we would just go ahead and run with uh, Jordan in that time slot. And uh, Tony, uh, we gave Tony an opportunity to come and talk to Jordan, but he said, "No, nah, I want you guys to go ahead and take care of it." And he's just going to listen. So, 
So you, you two will be handling that. We will have our regular, um, we'll still have shows every day. Uh, who has, who's on those shows might be a little bit different this week. Also make sure you are checking out behind the steel curtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. And in the, in the work of Lance Williams, make sure you tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. We'll see y'all next time.